We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap. Looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Manginator Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. We are here today. Our guest, we spoke with him earlier today, is Vinny Bonsignor. From the LA Daily News, he's the Rams beat writer for them. We I sat down with him earlier. We're gonna go ahead and break it down into a two-part podcast with him and cover everything he talked about. And trust me, we covered everything. So here's part one: our conversation with Vinny Bonsignor. All right, folks, I'm here with Vinny Bonsignor from the Los Angeles Daily News. It's always hard. I I, I I'm a teacher. I always get names right until I get to Vinny. And no matter how much Vinny corrects me. I always get it wrong. 
Okay, Vinny, it's been almost a week now since that big loss to Atlanta. What's the feeling been around the team since you know since that day, and what can Rams fans? What do you think Rams fans should really take from the season? Well, um, obviously there was disappointment Saturday, um, and then almost um, you know not shock, but uh, but reality really started setting in Sunday when they got together in Thousand Oaks uh, at their team facility um, to start basically you know, the process of transitioning from last year to, to next year. And it was an abrupt end. And when they're, you know, loading up their plastic bags of all their locker uh, belongings and saying goodbyes and some guys we all know that aren't going to be back, um, you know, it was it was a pretty uh, reality slapping you in the face for the Rams on, on Sunday morning. But there was also a healthy sense of hope. And I think that um, – you know, in spite of the loss on Saturday, which was, you know, absolutely frustrating for them. And, and, you know, once again, as was the case in all of their legitimate losses this year, um, not, you know, the 49ers game notwithstanding, but in all of their other losses this year, self-inflicted wounds did them in, you know, it was, they were never outclassed. They were never, there was never talent disparity or coaching disparity. It was always little things that the Rams did to themselves that ultimately cost them games. Um, for the most part, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday with two turnovers early on by the special teams, you know, and they got dug themselves into a uh, into a 13 and 0 hole that they couldn't quite uh, you know climb out from under. But um, for, from the Rams' perspective, there's hope that a foundation, or not even just hope, but a belief and a conviction that a strong foundation was was built um, that's going to be you know uh, the jumping off. When you really think about it. You know, with Jared Goff being 23 years old and Todd Gurley, what, 22, 23 years old as well. Um, Aaron Donald, a young guy. Uh, you know, when you talk about the the young base that this team has and all their stars are in their either their early to mid 20s, um, there's there's hope for the future. And I think that Ram fans, in spite of the loss and as disappointing it was, I don't think should lose sight of that. One of the narratives we heard immediately after the game was that. The Rams lost a huge opportunity to get LA to embrace them. Do you buy that argument, or is no, not a long-term thing? Yeah, not at all. I mean, I, I think the year that they had, um, it couldn't have gone any better um, for them as far as that goes. You know, we all know what happened last year. Uh, we all know that there was great, you know, uh, anticipation for their return after 21 years in St. Louis. And then for them to lay the egg that they did uh, in the building that they were playing in, um, you know, turn turn some fans off, turn some would be fans off, and and you know sometimes you know or even in spite of the season that they had last year, like look, you know, check with me when you get to Inglewood. I'll be part of it when you get there. I'm just not going to come to the Coliseum eight times a year. Um, it's just an experience that I don't really you know uh, want to be a part of. And that's not you know there wasn't anything about safety or or neighborhood or anything like that it was just getting into that building and getting out of that building and and moving around that building uh, it's it's a 94 year old venue 95 year old venue and i think that uh it's just you know it's not contemporary and today's nfl fans want contemporary but to answer your question about this year i think they i think what they did during the season supersedes what happened in the playoffs so i don't think an opportunity was lost on saturday i think it was you know, gained all the way up throughout the season. Of course, you know, for the Rams' perspective, you would have wanted to, eat, you know, build even further on that. But I don't think that um, the season or even the loss 
turn any fans off. I think that they, the ones that jumped on board are on board. Now, you mentioned the Coliseum. We were out there a couple of weeks ago, and, and uh, we flew in for the game, got a full dose of Coliseum football. And one of the things that I felt when I was there was the feeling like this is like totally temporary. Even the team store was like basically intense. It feels like the circus came in town. Is, is that yeah? Is that how it feels out there all the time to you? Is that what your kind of the feeling is, and that's one reason it's a turn off besides the fact that the tailgating is like a big stuffed sausage in there? Yeah, and I think that that's what um, you know their owner Stan Kroenke was talking about. Um, you know, when he made his comments about there's no real, they don't feel a home field advantage yet. And of course, people that, you know, have whatever agendas that they have or narratives that they want to have or, um, just their lack of perspective and, and nuance kind of ran with that in a different direction. I don't think he meant that there's not a home field advantage available to them in Los Angeles. I think you, you nailed it on the head. Everything's temporary at the Coliseum and that affects the experience. Um, and so I think that's what he meant because, you know, I think he believes and probably rightfully so, especially if they can continue to, to put a good product out here these next couple of years, 2019 or 2018 and 2019. I think when they do get to Englewood, there will be a home field advantage. It'll be indoors. Um, you know, of course, there's going to be a, uh, a window to the sky, so you'll have the sunlight coming in. Um, it'll be, I think, you know, they have a long waiting list of fans that are on board for Englewood that that above and beyond even their season ticket base. I'm, I think there's like 50,000 people that are that have put deposits down to be part of the Inglewood experience that aren't part of the, the Coliseum experience. So I think the combination of those fans and the ones that they already have as season ticket holders for the Coliseum, I think they're going to create a nice home field advantage. Now, that said, you're in Los Angeles. You're in Southern California. You're at, in, a, in a market where people move here constantly. Uh, and they bring their Dallas Cowboy love and their New York Giant love and their Philadelphia the Eagles love with them. I mean, that's understandable. That's where they grew up. They, they, they've, you know, uh, moved out here and relocated out here, um, but they've kept their hometown fandom. Uh, and so they're going to be there. They're always going to be represented. Other teams' fans are always going to be represented in Los Angeles, in, in the Los Angeles sports market. And that goes for... When the Celtics come to town to play the Lakers and, you know, the, the Montreal Canadiens come to play the Kings and the Cubs and Mets, uh, come to play the Dodgers and the Yankees come to play the, and the Red Sox come to play the, the Angels. That's just part of the whole process or the story here in Los Angeles. And it's not necessarily a bad thing if you really think about it. People want to move here. That's kind of a good thing. So, um, you know, you're always going to have that, but I think as the years go on and especially when they get to England, I think you're going to see more of a, a home field advantage the kind that Conkey was was referring to. Now what's the feel from the Rams though? I mean this team was very good in the road this year, but it, I don't think you can always count on them being that good in the road every year leading up to Inglewood. What were they talking about in terms of making the Coliseum more of a home field advantage in the next two years? Yeah, I don't you know I don't necessarily correlate the uh, one loss record at the Coliseum to a lack of home field advantage. I don't know what was going on with that it was kind of inexplicable um you know but they did play some good teams too you know the philadelphia eagles were a good team washington that second game of the season was still you know uh, uh, a good team um seattle obviously anytime you play seattle like division foe uh it's going to be you know uh somewhat dicey i don't care what the records are they just every all these teams know each other so well playing each other as many times as they do um so you know you had i thought that 
factor going on, the, 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 who the teams were, and just kind of some of the mistakes that they made in those games for whatever reason. Um, so I don't, I don't think that, you know, the, the lack of quote-unquote home field advantage really hurt them was the factor, the main factor in their losses. Because, you know, traveling with them, it was, you know, it was really loud in Dallas. You know, it was it got loud in Jacksonville. There's places where we were this year in Minnesota. I know that was a loss, but where they had to fight real um, elements, you know, that were that were in favor of the of the home team and against them, and they dealt with them just fine. So, not really sure exactly what happened this year with the home schedule, but I don't believe it's because it was because of the atmosphere. Now, you mentioned earlier in the conversation here that. There were players you knew weren't coming back next year. That's the big, big, big hubbub right now. Okay, who's coming back? Who's signing long term? Who's signing short term? Who's doing? Can are you able to confirm who's not coming back? Is that, is that something that's really decided yet, or is it more of a feel that you know who's coming and who's going? Yeah, no, they haven't made any any decisions. Um, you know, that's that's a an ongoing process that pretty much started um, Sunday morning. Um, they were. I know uh, Les Snead and, and Sean were, were already meeting um, about about the roster and, and you know, self-evaluating um, and, and taking a good long look at, at things and obviously finances, um, not so much in terms of do they have the money. They have the money. Um, it's can it all fit into um, the salary cap? You know, you've got to, obviously Aaron Donald has to be signed. What do you do with Tremaine Johnson? LaMarcus Joyner um, is, a, is a free agent. Uh Connor Barwin is a free agent. You know, John Sullivan is a, is a free agent. There's, there's Sammy Watkins. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks. Um, you know, I do believe that, uh, they, they have a, you know, a, a, a good way of going about this, um, as far as managing the cap. I, I think the guys that they really want back, they're going to get back. Um, and, you know, obviously there will be some hard decisions and maybe, you know, pay cuts coming or, or guys that, they're just going to have to walk to accommodate uh, everybody else, but no decisions have been made yet. Um, but we're going to find out here, you know, fairly soon. Well, when you look at the Rams' current financial situation for 2018, two things kind of stick out to me, and that one that was Tavon Austin's con- contract. He got two snaps last Saturday. <laughs> two snaps. He's scheduled for eight million dollars. About that, a dead cap. If they release him, it's a five million dollar hit on their on their salary cap. What's the Vibe around Tavon Austin renegotiation and just get rid of him. What 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 are you hearing? I'd be surprised if he comes back. Um, you know, it's an easy contract to get out from under uh, at this point. There's no real significant uh, hit or damage done. I, I believe they believe that they have a guy in Farrell Cooper um, that can that can play his role, um, even if it's the same exact role that Tavon played uh, this year. Um, you know, I think that Farrell Cooper could do it better than uh, than, than Tavon Austin uh, didn't. I suspect they feel the same way. So he's a guy that uh, you know, um, I, I just it'd be hard for me to see him him coming back, considering you know the depth chart, um, and then also you know uh, the decisions that they have to make on on some other players. So you know, it's not official, but I would say you know definite candidate uh, to be to be uh, moving on. And just to clarify, that's even with the five million dollar dead cap hit. You're you're thinking he's gone. Yeah, I don't think that's not. They're not. Um, you know, it's not. I mean, it's a bit of a consideration, but you know, it's they don't they don't feel like that's a you know 
they're not going to keep him because of that. Let's put it that way. Now they may keep him, but I don't think that's going to be the decision. The decision why it's not in their eyes. It's, it's um, there's really not much damage if they decide to uh, part ways with him. Now another contract that's interesting for next year is Robert Quinn's. He has less than a one million dollar dead cap hit, and so some of the flutterings we're hearing is, you know, Barron or Robert Quinn could be, you know, could be gone. Yet he's still only 27 years old. He still found his way a bit towards the end of the year. What's the feeling around Robert Quinn? Yeah, I think that um, you know, I think the, the the narrative throughout the season was, hey, good, you know, likely candidate to to probably um, you know move on, considering other moves that needed to be made. But he played so well down the stretch. Um, now that to me, to me becomes a little bit of a a, a more difficult decision. Um, you know, there's always ways to to, to figure things out, uh, maybe restructure contracts and things like that. Um, and considering that, you know, Connor Barwin is also a free agent on the other side, playing the opposite side of him in the same position, you wonder if they, um, you know, feel like they can afford to lose both of their outside linebackers uh, in that kind of a situation. So uh, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with Quinn. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I also wouldn't be surprised if somehow, some way they're able to, to make something work out uh, with him where at least he stays for, for one more year and maybe, you know, works something out contractually where, um, you know, they can also fit in other guys as well. Now, the, the other guy that's mentioned was, is Mark Barron. And what's the feeling with him being right now in the middle, kind of, you know, a smaller figure who does not, you know, is not able to get there and make big hits against the run the way we would be likely to see him. So, what's the feeling around him in terms of will they let him go? Are they going to try and make him back to being a tweener? How does that work with him? Yeah, I mean, that's another difficult decision. I mean, um, you know, you still look at the numbers, and he, and even and he was hurt this year. I don't think there was ever a point in time where he wasn't, you know, dealing with something all the way to, you know, um, OTAs and, and, and training camp. Uh, they, they, they handled him. Not with kids' gloves, but they they definitely protected him throughout the year um, to keep his body uh, as fresh as possible, as they did with Robert Quinn too, and that paid off. You know, he was he w- was able to play all the games, and for the most part, and then you know, uh, in the later on in the season, was as fresh as he has been uh, in in years and product productive as well. So, you know, another player who I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if, if they let walk, especially if they can, if they feel like there's somebody on the roster that can fill his um, position, you know, uh, it, especially in Wade Phillips' defense better, uh, if there's an in-house guy uh, that they feel like can do that or that they can go out and get in free agency for cheaper or maybe even in the draft. So, um, you know, uh, he's a productive player, but he's not an irreplaceable player. And, you know, when you start looking at, okay, we, I think they have to bring back LaMarcus Joyner. I think at this point, um, considering the uncertainty with Kayvon Webster, you probably have to bring Tremaine Johnson back. I thought he had a, a, a really strong year um, for him in a lot of different ways, in the locker room, uh, on the field, adapting to a new system. Um, you know, I know that he's not, you know, the an upper, upper echelon cornerback, but he's a pretty darn good cornerback. Um, and so I would think that he's a guy that, that, that needs to come back. And Sammy Watkins. Those are to me. Those are your three. You got to bring them back, guys. Uh, um, you know, Tremaine, Sammy Watkins, and Lamarcus Joyner. And then you know, hope for the best with everyone else, and try to try to 
make it all work um, with with everybody else. Well, you mentioned in there a very key one, Tremaine Johnson. I guess the question I have with him is, you know, Rams a franchise in the last two years, and he probably is not, you know, in terms of just league you know, pecking order, financing, so on and so forth. He's probably not worth that same kind of shutdown corner money. Is there some kind of flexibility with him? Does he want to stay with the Rams? Is he willing to take a little bit less to stay? What's the feeling with him? Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be making, you know, the per that he made the last couple of years. Um, I think he's going to have to come down on that. Um, but he could also end up with, you know, more guaranteed money as a result by, you know, through signing bonuses and, and the way they do things nowadays. So while I think his average annual salary, he's going to have to figure that that's going to come down. Um, but you, you also pick up, you know, a couple of more years and some signing bonus money uh, to make up for that. There's definitely a way that that can, that, that can work, but, you know, he's going to have to, uh, understand that, you know, he's not going to make the same amount of money per year that he made um, last year or this past season. Uh, but I think he understands that. I mean, you know, the, the agents know, um, w- you know, how these salary cap structures work. And I also want to say this. I think that if there was any doubt in his eyes the last couple of years of whether he even wanted to make, um, you know, a, uh, a long-term commitment, especially if it meant, you know, not getting the exact dollar amount that he wanted, I think that's been your race. For the success that the Rams have, the offensive turnaround, I think he knows that he's in a good situation here from a team perspective. That if it means, you know, coming coming off a little bit on the yearly uh, average salary, um, it's 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 worth that for him to play on a on a team that is going places. Now, on the other side of the football, Sammy Watkins, we we we've had several debates over this in the last week or so on what do the Rams do with him, especially given his numbers. Now the argument we're hearing with him is he's not, you know, elite receivers. And I've made I've made this argument: elite receivers find a way to get theirs, and that's not something we really saw Sammy this year. But on the flip side, the other argument is, you know, golf's developing; they didn't have that bond. With all those factors out there, what kind of goes in with the Rams' decision making on, you know, what they do with Sammy? Do they franchise him? Do they pay him like a number one receiver? Do they? What do they do with him? I think that um, he becomes the Tremaine Johnson of the last couple of years. Um, I think that you do franchise tag him. I think that's a worthwhile uh, investment. I know the numbers weren't there as far as, you know, your number one caliber, you know, wide receiver, but he gave them something and, and he gave them something that they haven't had in years. Um, and that was just a bona fide, dynamic, um, you know, athletic, fast, uh, a guy that defenses had to account for. And I can remember, um, it was funny because almost like a week before that trade, I was on, you know, the, the radio uh, station that I work for out here. And, you know, I was talking about it was during training camp and I was like, you know, Robert Woods looks good. Obviously Cooper Cup looks good. But the one thing they're still missing is that dynamic presence offensively um, on the perimeter at wide receiver. And lo and behold, they make the trade for Sammy Watkins and it just, everything clicked for them. And, and, and I think people need to look past those numbers because you can manufacture numbers, um, you know, just by targeting guys and, and whether or not that's doing your team any real good, um, you can still, you could do that. Uh, but this was, I think, I think the numbers that he did get, which I think will increase uh, if he comes back, with a whole off season to work with Jared Goff and OTAs and all those, which are essential um, 
you know, to developing chemistry and a rapport, uh, I think those will will go up. And even though they weren't, you know, statistically eyeballing, looking at him great, he still had a major, major impact on what was going on around him, whether you're talking about Todd Gurley, whether you're talking about Cooper Cup, or whether you're talking about Robert Woods. He was the reason, uh, not the only reason, but he was a big part of why guys had room to operate. Uh, and I think that's worth the investment on top of the fact that I actually think he's going to get, you know, be more productive simply because Jared Goff's going to probably look to him uh, more. So I wouldn't get caught up in those numbers. I mean, you know, the, they don't tell the full story of the effect that he had on this offense. Well, the argument I would make with Goff is right now in his development, he's probably looking in the, the number one, the number two in his, in his progression, but oftentimes just to the fact that Sammy's going deep more, you know, he's probably going to be number three, number four in the progression because you're trying to look, the ball out of your hands as fast as possible. So my feeling's been that yes, next year he'll be much better, especially in that off season, which is why I've personally been like just franchise him, take the risk of franchise and have it a, you know, a play for a deal. And that that seems to be where the Rams are going. Now the rest of the receiving core seems settled, you know, except for you know whatever Tavon Austin is supposed to be a running back or receiver. Is there any talk about adding anybody else in the off season? They're going to keep who they have. You know, anything obviously anything can happen in the draft. Uh if if a BPA is, is there um, you know, at, at your turn uh throughout the draft and, and it just happens to be a wide receiver, I I'm always for uh assembling as much talent um as possible. But I would I'd be really surprised if it's a priority pick, you know, if if that's a position of priority this off season, especially if they re sign or, or bring back um Sammy Watkins. I think they're pretty much set and, and you know, there's also guys like Josh Reynolds, um, who I think the Rams think really highly of, um, in some sort of a role down the line. Um, you know, and and so you have guys in reserve as well. It's, it's talking to Robert Woods, he's like, This is a loaded room right here and it's young. It's really young. So you think and especially with a young quarterback um that, that, that they're working with, it's all gonna get better. Um so I think growing from within uh, at wide receiver um, is is the way that they're going to go because, and we also know that they have needs um, on, on at other areas of, on the field and roster. So I think they're pretty safe in that room, uh, especially if they bring back Sammy. Real quick, let's go ahead and talk about the Golden Ram Barbershop out there at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Give the man, Sal Martinez, at his shop a call. At 714-894-7267. He's open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Here's the thing. Sal opened up his shop the day the Rams left all those years ago. Kept it open as a shrine to Rams football. Still there. Still living strong. Go in there. Check his place out. Talk Rams football. Norm and I have been there. We've got our haircuts there. It's a fun experience. We talk everything Rams everything and he's got everything for you to talk about so again give sal call at 714-894-7267 okay so there's our first part of the interview with Vinny. norm one of the things that Vinny talked about in this conversation was the setup for the rams now how they feel about it in the end now that you've had some time to breathe the year's over we've talked about a few things i went and did a podcast this week without you because you're like totally busy just tell me now that you've had some time to breathe, how are you feeling about the Rams season and where they go from here? Well, it's taken me this long to kind of get over it. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I didn't even watch playoff football after that 
which is unusual for me because I'm such a football junkie. And uh, it kind of it kind of hurt me to the core a little bit. And I don't, I don't mean anything against the Rams. It's just the season was so good and the expectations were so high. And it's hard not to have high expectations even after you've been a Rams fan for so long and watched them lose for so long. It, it was just heartbreaking. And now that I'm over that and I've been able to digest a few things, I'm kind of excited to see where the team's going next year. And I'm looking forward to what we see as far as changes, who they let go, who they bring in. And, and that's what you and Vinny talked about. And I'm excited to break it down. Well, one of the things he did break down was where this team is going. He, I was surprised at how much <laughs> how much time he gave us. But the overall view of this Rams team for the future appears pretty solid. $46 million plus in salary cap money right now for the Rams for this season. Next season, they're on point for about 90 million but of course this is before any changes are made how are you feeling about how the rams are situated entering entering this offseason and looking to the future well i agree with a lot of what, of what benny said and that is we we've got some good cap space we do have a lot of contracts to get signed and you know obviously there's some priorities with aaron donald and if we're going to if we're going to bring back tremaine johnson and and if we're going to bring back Sammy Watkins and you know Lamarcus Joyner and and all those, so I, I'm excited to see the changes that they make under this new regime with Sean McVay and there as the head coach. So far, I've liked the decisions he's made and how he's coached the team and how he's changed the culture. So you know, I I have nothing but a positive outlook on what they're going to do. And it's interesting to hear you know Vinny's breakdown of of what he thinks because I think there's going to be some big changes. I don't necessarily think there's going to be a lot of players leaving but there are going to be some significant changes for sure well one of those changes we keep you know wondering about is Tremaine Johnson over to the cornerback position for the Rams especially Kayvon Webster out the idea that many of us are feeling right now is the Rams are going to head into the draft we'll get a cornerback but that still leaves Dortmund for Tremaine what do you think they do with him it's going to be tough it's going to depend a lot on Tremaine himself and it's also going to depend on who else enters the free agency market. You got to look at it as it's a business decision more than how much you may or may not like a player. And sometimes that's tough to do. Tremaine has been a, a good cornerback for us. And at times he's been a phenomenal cornerback for us. This year, I wouldn't say he was an elite corner. He's a good corner, but he's not an elite corner. And I'd almost say he's not a number one corner. And so he's going to probably demand number one money. And if he's going to do that, then I think the Rams are going to let him go. If he's willing to be reasonable about it and come back in and say, you know, I like this team. I like where the team's going. I love the winning attitude. I love being here in LA. All those things put together and having Wade Phillips as my defensive coordinator, and he's willing to take a little bit less money then I think they re-sign him. So it's really going to just depend on how much money he demands. And, and that's, I think the free agency market is going to kind of tell the tell on where, what that is, and we won't know that for a while. Well, the, the idea here is that you can't really pay him franchise money again. That's $17-ish million, dollars, 16 17 I forget the actual money. It was, wasn't like 16.8 or something like that last year. Yeah, it was close Since, to 17. I'm very, I'm very close to that. You can't pay him that, though. You, he's, does he understand that as a question? Well, he understand that the Rams can't pay him that. It'll blow off not just the Rams' pay scale, but it'll blow off the actual slotting of cornerbacks across the league if you pay him that money. 
Well, and I don't think they want to use the tag on him, which they couldn't, but I don't think they would want to even if they had it because I think like you and I and everybody else has been talking about, if we can't bring back Sammy Watkins at a reasonable rate, that's probably what they're going to do with him. So something's going to have to be done. And, you know, a reasonable person would say, well, you know, my numbers were good, but they're not great. A lot of these guys think very highly of themselves, even when they're not deserving of it. And Tremaine's done a great job for us for years, but I just don't think he warrants that big of a paycheck. So is he, is he going to be willing to, you know, do the we, not me and come back and, and play for, you know, decent money? He's been overpaid the last couple of years and he knows it. So I kind of feel like he should come back in and say, you know what, they've paid me really good the last couple of years. We're winning. I don't mind taking a pay cut and coming in at a decent rate to, to, to stay with this team. If he doesn't do that, I feel like the Rams should let him go and, and go somewhere else. Well, there's a different perspective to that, though. You could say, well, the Rams have paid him well. Yes, but they've been on a, basically a series of one-year deals. So it's kept him from entering free agency and setting himself up for a longer-term option. So he could look at that and go, yeah, hey, you paid me good for a couple of years, but what about the rest of my career? There's also the idea that, you know, he could say, I'm in it for the long-term haul. I'm also 27 years old. At this point, I'm going to be in my prime around 30. I'm going to be done here age 32, 33 if I sign a six-year deal. Who's going to want to sign me then? It's all about the age and where you fit. At 27, it's a bit harder to justify even for the Rams to pay him big because once you get to that 31, 32-year-old mark as a cornerback, you start drifting back a little bit. Do I make sense or am I, am I silliness? No, it makes sense, but I really think what they ought to do, and, and it's what I would do if I were in this situation, if I were to put my GM hat on, is I would say, look, we've paid you really good the last couple of years to keep you here because we wanted you here. We'd like to keep you here still, but obviously we can't do these one-year one contract deals anymore. I'd like to pay you X as a base salary and throw incentives in there. If you can get, you know, what, six interceptions next year, I'll, we'll we'll give you a bonus of this. If you can uh, if you can get X amount of tackles next year, you'll get a bonus of that. So he could be paid number one money if he plays like a number one. But I don't think you offer the contract to him with the full amount of money in there as a number one. Will he take that or not? I don't know. But that's how I would do it. If he's not willing to do something like that, then I say you move on from him and look elsewhere. What's the baseline you want to offer him, though? If you are put your Rams GM hat on... Your baseline average per year, what's the rate? Is it I would, fourteen million, fifteen million? What's the average? Num- what's the average number two corner make? Oh, good question. I don't good ha- question. I don't have you that. I don't. Up. I don't have that number in front of me, or I'd, or I'd answer it. I would pay him like a number two corner and give him incentives to be paid as a number one. Well, that's probably about twelve, thirteen million. If I'm thinking about what the what the uh, Giants paid uh, Janoris Jenkins, you know, they paid him close to number one corner money. The guy after him was a little bit less than that. So it's probably going to be about 12, 13 million, maybe 14 well, what's, as a number two. What's Kayvon getting? Less than that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I, I would come in at number two corner money and offer incentives to be number one money. And that's how I'd do it. And if he's not willing to take that, move on. Well, the other option too is guaranteed money. If you If you can guarantee a certain amount of money, People oftentimes are willing to take a little bit less on the average because they have a whole bunch of money up front. There's that as well. Sure. It's really difficult, I think, with Tremaine Johnson because he's been in that franchise tag now for two years. What do you do when 
Now it's time to negotiate long-term at two years, having been paid like a number one corner. And we have no idea where his mindset. You said, well, he knows he's been overpaid. I don't know that he knows he's been overpaid. He, he, he could have a very, very high view of himself saying, you know what? I am a number one corner. I've been paid like it. I should be paid like it now. Well, I didn't really mean overpaid, but what I mean by it is you've gotten the top money you would have ever gotten per year for two years in a row. We've certainly invested in you. Now, if you want to go to a long-term deal, you need to, you need to take less and spread it out over time with some incentives. And that would be reasonable, I would think, on both sides. And if it's not reasonable, you, you have to take away your emotional attachment to a player as a fan and look at it as, can I replace him with someone else that's going to be as good or better for less money? And if you can, you got to let him go. And he is irreplaceable right now for the Rams. Right, right now he is. I agree. He, we have to keep him unless we bring in somebody else. Who's that guy? The, the free agent market for corners isn't great. Now, the draft has some very interesting guys in it. Denzel Ward from Ohio State, Iowa's Joshua Jackson. But they're probably not going to be there when the Rams pick at 23. So the options are, if you're looking for a number one, if you're looking for a guy who can be potentially be a number one, which you, you, you said it and I agree with you, he hasn't really been a number one, but he can play like one at times. I, I agree, and that's why I'm saying, you know, you put the numbers in front of him and his agent and say, look, you haven't been really playing like a number one, even though you've been our number one. We've definitely paid you well the last two years. We would continue to pay you as a number one, but the only way we can make sense of doing that is by paying you as a number two or a little more with incentive bonuses in there. And if you're willing to do that, then we're willing to keep you here. If you're not, then, you know, it is what it is. Now, what about the outside linebacker options as well? Where do we go with that? Go there. Karin Barwin is going to be gone probably unless he, he signs he unless he signs a more cheaper deal. Then you have the other outside linebacker position. Where do the Rams go? I think it's a need. I think it's a need, but with Wade Phillips, it's uh, it's it's hard to say because he can bring he seems to be able to do a lot with less talent, and money's going to make a big difference. I almost feel like. If they, can, if they can bring Barwin back, if Quinn stays on for a reasonable amount of money, then you draft someone to, to take over that role. If they can't do that, then you got to find someone like a Barwin that you can bring in on a one- or two-year deal and kind of go from there. Well, Connor Barwin seems to have been the kind of guy the Rams won round. I guess the real question is, even if they let him go, and I think they are going to let him go, what about the other side? So Robert Quinn here has a $955,000 dead money hit on the cap right now. So that's a perfect spot for the Rams. They want to get rid of him or release him. They can do that and pay a minimal amount of money. The only problem for the Rams, in my view, is that Robert Quinn kind of came on late. He figured it out in that 3-4. It wasn't perfect. He still had some things going on. And I do wonder about his, his back problems. But he made his move. What are the Rams do with Quinn? Yeah, that's a tough one, too with all the injuries and surgeries and all that. And he, for the most part, hasn't been performing where we'd like him to. But yet, like you said, he came on at the end of the year. It's really tough to say. And that's that's one that if I were to keep my GM hat on, that's going to be a tough one for me. And I don't know quite how I can handle that yet. I really think it's going to depend on how much money we have available after all these other major signings are done. And 
and where Wade Phillips sees him in the defense as does he see him as an integral part of it or does he just see him as somebody that I could replace and we don't know that so it's it's really tough to say tough to say in terms of keeping him or renegotiating because renegotiating people forget Robert Quinn is only 27 years old he's not he's not done yet he's not an over the hill 35 year old who should be let go he still could be entering the prime of his career we could wind up letting a guy go who could make a major impact on this team in the future. Yeah, what I'm what I mean by tough to say is is do they let him go? Do they re-sign him? Can they get him to renegotiate? Those are all things that that I'm not I'm not sure of, and I'm not sure what the best way to go with him is. You know, really yet. I, I really he's the one that I'm struggling with right now on what to do, and and I have a feeling the Rams are too. Well, that's because Mark Barron as well. So the, well, the real issue there is Mark, is Mark Barron, Robert Quinn, too. Someone is probably not going to be back next year. You can't really afford both. But re- in reality, I think there's more flexibility with Robert Quinn because he has a low dead money amount. Let's just say the Rams say, let's renegotiate. We'll give you more guaranteed money at a lower overall salary. They might be able to work it out like that. I'm not sure how much Robert Quinn would be willing to, to move. But it's the same team that went by, you know, me, you know, we, not me. If they really have a vision for the future, and that's what Vinny was talking about, they it got this vision for the future, I have to think that some of these players are going to give more of a hometown discount instead of potentially going to a team out there who does not have quite the future the Rams do right now. Well, and, you know, Robert Quinn just moved. He just moved from St. Louis to L.A. He's just gotten kind of, you know, nestled into his new place. Does he really want to move? And if that were to come about, it's going to require a lot of money to persuade him to leave. And I don't know that there's anybody out there that's willing to pay a lot of money for Robert Quinn. So there may be some negotiate, you know, some negotiating room there. It's hard to say, but it's it's really tough to figure out with him what to do. And I'm going to have to look into his contract situation a little more to make a decision. Mark Barron, on the other hand. I mean, I, I'm a huge Mark Barron fan. Mark Barron has really stepped up for us when we needed it to. He's made he's one of our hardest hitters. He's all over the field. I just don't I, I just in Wade Phillips defense, I just don't see him as a middle linebacker. But there is a place for him and I honestly feel like he should go back to safety. And what you know, but sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. I was just thinking, what if they moved him back to the old tweener role? What if they did that and you know had another person in the field as a middle linebacker? But that's a football decision. We're thinking contracts, and that's where the real problem is. You have your contract. Well, and that's the thing is, there's going to be somebody out there. I think with him, that's going to be willing to pay the money, and I don't think we're going to have it. So I don't really see Mark Barron returning to the Rams next year. Would I like to have him on our team? Absolutely. But do I think he's going to be back? I don't. I think Robert Quinn comes back before he does. Well, I mentioned this during the actual conversation with with Vinny, and that is for Robert Quinn next year, he has a cap hit of $12.4 million, but his dead cap again is nine fifty five. There's, to me, room to negotiate there in order to provide more guaranteed money. I think it's really – there's a roster bonus involved to $1.1 million, so the overall yearly cash is 11, uh, 11 four. I just think there's there's movement there in order to guarantee him more money down the line if he takes a lower rate because you could extend him. 
his contract's over after the age of 28. Then he's a free agent at 29. So let's just say you gave him a two-year extension and space out some of that money. Yeah, if they can pull it off, I think that's great. But the other thing is, is he the guy we want in the middle of our defense? Well, that's not going to be Robert Quinn. That's going to be the outside linebacker. Now, Robert, now, Barron. No, that's, that's, what, I, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about, Barron. I wasn't talking about Quinn. I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. Well, let's, let's pull up Barron's contract. Barron's contract is, is interesting as well because with Barron's contract, I think there's movement there for him as well. Give me one second here and make sure I have it set up. So Mark Barron's contract right now is he signed a five-year, $45 million contract flat. So it's an, there's no, minis, you know, missing numbers in there. Now for his potential out, I love how the front office did this. They made all the potential outs for the team in in the same year. Robert Quinn. Here you have Tavon Austin, who we'll get to as well. And then there's Mark Barron. Mark Barron for next year. His roster bonus is, is $2 million, a cap hit of 10, but he's a dead cap of three. Comes down to $9 million overall per year. So a three they can take a $3 million hit off a of seven. So they can get $7 million back if they cut him. Right. And he's 28 entering the season next year. I so re- there's movement there. There's movement there, and I really don't think he comes back. And I really – I love Mark Barron, and I think he's a great football player, and I love having him on our team. However, when we struggled on defense this year – we struggled with the run game big time. And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that you got two guys that aren't big body middle linebackers in there. And as much as I, I think he's a good player, I just don't think he's suited to be a full-time inside linebacker. And as much as I like him, I think you have to let him go if you don't, if you can't pay him and move him back to safety and, and do that. And I don't think he's going to be willing to do that. Because I think somebody out there is going to be willing to let him play that position and pay him the money he, that he wants. So I honestly see Mark Barron leaving the team this year. Well, a bigger problem right now for the Rams in relation with Mark Barron is the fact that they can't just move him back to safety. As much as you want to, you can't because now you have two guys who have established themselves as safety. John Johnson, and then, of course, the man, the myth, the legend himself, I copy off of you, LaMarcus Joyner. They're going to resign Joyner. They're going to give Joyner whatever they, they need to give him because he's going back. I don't see the Rams letting Joyner go. So there's no spot for Barron unless he's at linebacker or if he's somewhere in between. And even then, he's taking a roster spot for someone who can play middle linebacker full time. I think you're right. I don't, I don't know what the Rams can do with Barron. The easy thing here is to take, you know, cut bait, take your dead cap hit for the next three years and move on. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen, honestly. I think that they'll figure out a way to bring Quinn back. I just don't know what that way is going to be yet. But I have a feeling that he's going to stay, but I think Barron's gone. Now, we just mentioned LaMarcus Joyner. I don't think there's even a question, so I'm not even sure how much we want to focus on that. The Rams are going to pay him, and I'm guessing somewhere between 12 and $13 million. He's going back. But on the defensive line, there's new question marks as well. There's a, there's a gap right there. We saw it really exposed when Michael Brockers went down in that playoff game. Do the Rams have any room to move that defensive line? And I'm not even going to talk about that. We're going to save Aaron Donald for the very last thing we in this two-part series here. We're going to save Donald for last. I'm just talking about the rest of that defensive line. Where do we go from there? Well, I feel like that they need – I think they need to bring in either through the draft or through free agency another big body to put in at nose and have Brockers and Donald at tackle. And when you have – somebody that you can bring in at nose that is going to be a beast in the middle to help slow the run 
then maybe you can make an, a, a reason for keeping Baron. But the obvious issues that we have is up the middle. And as Vinny said, and, and as we've spoken about, when Brockers got hurt against the Falcons, it was obvious what was happening. And you've got to have the right kind of player in there to stop the run. And I just don't think we have that yet. I, I like some of the guys that we have for our rotation. I just don't know that they're starting nose tackle or defensive tackle quality. And so I do feel like we need to answer a question about who do we bring in in the defensive tackle or nose guard position to fill that void. And do you do it through the draft or do you do it through free agency? And that'll, that'll, be, that'll be a tough call and interesting to see what they do. We've talked about it a million times. The draft is just so cut up because of, of Simi Watkins. And we'll get to Watkins here eventually. There's no second round pick. So that first round pick, you, you're going to cover one hole there. You're going to cover a hole at cornerback, a, a hole at middle linebacker, or outside linebacker, depending on what they do. One thing I brought up with Vinny was, what about moving Ogletree back out to outside linebacker and picking up a middle linebacker in the draft? Which I haven't heard talked about. I know that Ogletree knows all the calls, and he's better suited for middle linebacker in that respect, but he overall is athletically more of a 3-4. More of a so then what do you do? We're so limited on draft picks. Yeah, I don't see I don't see them moving Ogletree out of the middle. I really don't see that happening. I don't see them keeping Barron and Ogletree in the middle. So I think if Barron goes, they replace him with the bigger body middle linebacker. And I think that would work. Uh, I think the bigger need there is, like I said, you got to get somebody in the middle to stop the run. And... You can get some quality defensive tackles and nose guards in the draft late rounds. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, you just have to pick the right one and do the right research. And there's probably going to be some available in free agency, and we'll have to see what's available money-wise to do that. You know you have to draft corner or defensive line or middle line. There's so many spots just to fill depth and find starters here. I'm kind of frustrated Tyron Walker didn't work out as much as we would like him to. He had his moments, then didn't have moments. They plugged in Tanzel Smart, and he did okay sometimes. Ethan Westbrook stepped in and did pretty well. He was graded pretty well at, by PFF, and but still was not the guy. It's, I'm just frustrated. Not I'm not angry at the Rams. When you, Anytime you move from a 4-3 to a 3-4, you're going to have changes. You're going to have things going on. I just wish... There was more depth there to work with that fit in the 3-4 defense. Tyron Walker, I think, played pretty well for us this year. He, he had his moments, like you said, but I think overall he played pretty well. Ethan Westbrooks has been, you know, a solid player for us. But we just, we got to have somebody that can really plug up that middle. And, you know, Tanzel Smart may be that guy down the road, but he's a rookie this year and, you know, at times he played like one. And he's not a big body, and I really think we need a big body. You know, a big. You need a three-four nose tackle in there. Yeah, you need a 350, 400 pound, <laughs> you know, massive dude, kind of like me, but but younger and healthier, <laughs> to to really plug up that middle and and help out our linebackers. And I think that's going to be a position I need for him for sure. Well, folks, that pretty much does it for the defense. We we've gone through everything we can with it. We we know. The Rams are going to have to move. I think this draft will be a defense draft, by the way. I'm not sure if the Rams are going to focus on the offense at all. Do you th Are you on the same page with me on that one? 
Do you do you feel like this is a, a defense draft? And this is going to be a way to fill this draft to kind of fix that depth in there and get the kind of players they need? Is that going to be the same for free agency and trying to organize the defense together to be what Wade Phillips needs to be for next year? Oh, I think it'll be defensive heavy for sure. I think the Rams will probably get another tight end this year. I know Vinny had talked about that, and I, I agree with him. I don't know that Higby's our answer. He's had flashing moments, but he wasn't really great. And uh, I really think they have to concentrate on defense. If they didn't make any changes in the offense at all and brought back every single player except for maybe Tavon Austin and then drafted all defense, that certainly wouldn't hurt them. Certainly. All right. Well, folks, we're going to talk about the offense. We'll talk about that in, on part two midweek this week. Meanwhile, please head on over to iTunes. We would love to get a nice little five-star review. If you don't forget our contest, five-star reviews equal potentially a $50 gift certificate over at the wonderful NFLshop.com. They have some great stuff there for the Rams. Again, that's an iTunes five-star review. Just let us know you left one and we're there. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, oh, and iHeartRadio. All those places, great outlets for us. If you don't listen to iTunes, well, that's okay. We're elsewhere as well. Go check us out. Also, if you ever have any feedback, any questions for us, or you just want us to address something on the podcast, we'd love to talk with you. Ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. It's also a place you can get a hold of us if you wish to sponsor us. All right. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Paul, the managing editor at Rams Talk. We'll see you next time. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.